Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Hashtag Verse TV, the homeless talk show, week 150. Number 150. Woo, woo. I am Chrissy Marie from Cleveland, Ohio, and I am here with my good friends who will introduce themselves, starting with Aaron Mack. Hello, social media family. I'm Aaron Mack. Here, excited about week 150, and I too am in the Cleveland area. I'm learning that it's best to just say you live in Cleveland. I live in Cleveland. There you go. And we also have Mr. Basic Complexity himself here with us on Hashtag Verse TV. Kevin, please introduce yourself. Hi, everybody. This is Basic Complexity, a.k.a. Kevin. And All right. Philadelphia. Philly in the house. All right. Thank you so much, Kevin. And we are going to get started with the show today. And what do we have today, Aaron Mack? Hashtag Verse TV, week 150. And the title of the topic is A Choir Friend from Howard University. And this comes from our message chat, the, the message chat that I had with my choir friend from Howard University. And what he said to me is, quote, and this is sort of coming in the middle of our exchange, but quote, but I can provide an answer. Discovering that I was heteroromantic was a journey that included a lot of reflection about society's expectations and making sure I wasn't doing that. Though through dating and exploring my feelings with different guys, including you, my dear, he's talking about me, including you, my dear, I realized that I've never been romantically attracted to men or any gender other than women. And it wasn't because I was encouraged in that direction. I certainly have no compunction about being sexually attracted to men, but I've never been romantically attracted to any. That said, I try my best to make sure that I keep my options open so if I ever do meet a man I am romantically attracted to, I will pursue it. And that's what he said. And the question that I've given is, when contemplating your predominant section of the sexuality spectrum, what outside factors may impact your personal conclusion? So, we will do the same three, two, one as we always do, or as we always do as a last show. But um, three, two, one. All right. So, for me, I used to be afraid to be fully myself. I am straight, straight to the next man. 
Straight to the next man in the three-piece suit. Spend all my dough. Bring me cutie. Soup, soup, I do be like soupy, dooby, too. I like you and your big teens. You give me nice dreams. and make me want to scream. Ooh, ooh, I like what you do. When you do what you do, you make me want to soup. Okay? And that's my Ellen DeGeneres cover of the amazing, astounding salt and pepper soup. Okay? Now... I do acknowledge that there are aspects of my road in this thing called sexuality and homosexuality homosexuality that have been made easier because I am what some would call a masculine man, a masculine presenting man. I, I don't care for saying masculine presenting because that makes it seem like I'm putting on a show or trying to be something I'm not. But this is just me and it's so-called masculine. Although one of my exes told me that what he was most attracted to about me was that I was a feminine dude. So it it shows, you know, it it can be whatever. Um, For a long time, I have worked very hard to please society and That's just in everything. Um, As I've mentioned, I have a a very conservative mind at some points that fights with the liberal within me. So after moving to Cleveland and even in in Baltimore, I, I started being myself, but after moving to Cleveland, I was like, you know what? I really just, I, I need to just be myself. Nobody knows me here except for my family who already knows about me. And even when I was in Baltimore, I finally reached this point. And, ooh, that's a really long story to go into. So I, I, I don't think I have the time to go into that. I'm looking at my notes. So um, I'll just skip all of that and say in Baltimore, I was more, I, I, I learned to be myself and, and it's a process. It's a process and I've reached even farther in being myself. I feel that Verse TV has helped me along this journey to be much more myself and understand that people have different perspectives and stuff like that. And I always say part of what motivates me with Verse TV is I think about my 19-year-old self trying to find my way and how if I had something like a Verse TV showing me that you can be yourself, being yourself, loving yourself is the right way to be. Just just be who you are. I, I feel that I, I would have reached the pinnacle of loving myself Sooner. Anyway, I'm done. Th- th- that that's my answer. Um. Yeah. Um. Similar to what you were saying, I one thing I've really always known is that the most important person to come out to is actually yourself. That should be first for anything. Um, but once you 
Sorry. Um, once you do that and start to get comfortable with who you are, um, everything after that, it's that everything won't always be easy, but it should be easier than before. Yeah, accepting who you are is always, no matter what your sexuality, that, that's very important, accepting yourself as you are. Anyway, oh, I, I'm sorry, was that your whole answer, Kevin? Okay, it looks like you're muted. Chrissy Marie? So we're like in the age of our influence and uh, one of the questions that was that was posed was that um that the outside stuff that has something to do with who we are individually um it, it plays a huge part the things that we grew i mean when you say that i think i can only think in reverse on that because from the present, then thinking back um, uh, upon experiences, um, I've always known that no one had to tell me who to like and what I prefer or anything like that. The, you know, those are always things that were mine without anyone else's influence. And um, but attraction is a is a whole different animal, you know. Um, and that is an influential beast <laughs> when it comes to someone one's preference. In my in my mind, um, because there are attractive people roaming this existence so um i've always identified as a heterosexual woman i've always known that i like men and i predominantly still do and you know even though i find women attractive um, I, I do. I find women attractive, and uh, as far as like being romantically or sexually involved, uh, of course, I, it's up to me to decide whether or not to move ahead on more than just that part. Uh, same with men. You know, like uh, it's up to me to move forward. So um, no matter what society has to say about what they deem as correct or right or wrong or, you know, uh, according to whatever uh, religion or, you know, liberal conservative views, um, it's ultimately up to the in individual so uh, speaking for myself, 
I'm attracted to people. But I know what I prefer as a woman. And honestly, I honestly have not uh, encountered anything that I would romantically entertain, uh, even from a he uh, heterosexual point of view. Like there, there are things, there are people that are men that I would entertain because I really do love, I really do love men. Um, but they're not always so attractive. You know, like they're attractive physically, but other than that, other than what they have anatomically that I'm attracted to, um, I don't know, it's, it's, it's really easy. Like, I really think I identify as a sapiosexual. Like, and I think, I know for sure that I do. Like, I'm attract, attracted to intelligent people, but, you know, I have a really refined taste when it comes to stuff like, you know, romantic interaction. So, um, effort and consistency are, like top tier to me and intelligence intelligence then effort then consistency in that order for me and that's my answer i agree you know i i think the reason that i Perhaps shy away from the, and this is my follow-up answer really quick, but um, I am very attracted to intelligence as well. I, and there are women that I've been like, she's in a, dies. Oh, oh no. Are you still, oh, he's right there. Okay, sorry. But um, there are women that, that I've been like, she's an attractive woman. But it, it's kind of like, it, it's not like she's an attractive woman, so I want to have sex with her because of her intelligence. It's like, she's an attractive woman. I, I can acknowledge she's an attractive woman. And that's just kind of where I am on that. Anyway. But can, I just, like, can I just say, just from what you just said, like, yeah. I, I have the same type of... Uh, the same type of uh, thought process uh, as far as that concern, that's concerned. Um, but as far as like a romantic, um, like the like the foundation of something romantic. Uh, for me, in my mind, first, we have to be friends at, at first. So um, friendship is definitely the most important part of that. Uh, even if we know each other, if we don't have a friendship and don't have an understanding, which means that we both mutually care about who each other are. You know, a friendship is, uh, is just that. You care about somebody, you love somebody well enough 
to care about who they are, what they like and don't like, and what they're willing to tolerate or whatnot. But, um, you know, an, an attraction has very little to do with that in my mind. So, um, I think that's kind of like a segue into the next topic. Before we segue, though, I, I, I'd like to say this uh, about when when you mentioned the friendship thing, you reminded me that because, first of all, I, I, I feel like the answer that, that I just gave about the whole sapiosexual thing and uh, like I'm attracted, but like that that kind of came across as like high horse riding to me. So I, I, I will also say there was a time, honestly, and this actually really connects with the topic because this was me trying to please society in my society pleasing days that I was like, maybe I, what I should do is connect with a woman who we can be friends and marry each other as friends and just live that life. So on the outside, it will still be accepted by society because it's still a man and a woman and we could marry as friends and just be together and maybe sex would be a part of it, maybe not, who knows, but we, we would just get married like that because ooh, I also remember hearing about, and, and that I, I, I'm glad I'm an 80s baby, but it, it's my understanding homosexuals in like previous generations would off like that, that would be a thing. And I, I forget what they call it, but it, it happened so much that it actually has a name. When people would get into these marriages just to be friends, to live the life of a heterosexual couple on the outside. Oh, sort of like an arranged marriage. Well, nobody else was arranged. But it's similar. Uh, Even well, if it's I, not I, like pre, a predisposed thing according to religion, is similar to that. Well, that, yeah, it's probably why they're doing it. Uh, yeah. Would you would you say that? Like, uh, you know, like, there's, I'm sure, because I've had discussions with women who thought the same way, and they're, like, bored with, you know, they don't, you know, they know that, they understand that there is, you know, society, and everyone's society is different. It's not just the society of the collective is the society of your culture. You know, it's a cultural thing on top of, you know, it's like a brick on top of a brick on top of a brick of a foundation of things that have nothing to do with an individual. If that makes sense. Does that make sense? Um, well, uh, okay, B building a foundation based on a, if you could give that one last time. Okay, so for example, for people who are betrothed, hmm. for arranged marriages, uh, people who uh, set up certain arrangements within uh, their culture, 
because it's just smiled upon. It's considered honorable. It's considered the norm for that culture. You know, and instead of considering their individual, their child's individual preference or their, their child's individuality. Because, I mean, who asks? The expectation is that you get married and have children and have a nuclear family and you live out in America, especially a, an American dream with a white picket, picket fence and everything like that. You have a retirement plan, you have children, all that, you have a lineage and everything, which is not, it's nothing wrong with that. Excuse me. It's not nothing negative, but for a person who's not romantically attracted to the opposite sex or who's not romantically you know like sexually attracted even to the opposite sex it's not i in, in my mind it, it wouldn't be conducive to that individual or, or the the needs of that individual or you know because every you know we're, we're not here to please anyone you know and i'm all for what's natural as a heterosexual woman but i'm also an advocate for human rights so for a human who doesn't identify the same way that i do i i always want to respect that i don't care what they prefer i care i care but it's not my business it's it's their business but i respect it yeah and, and that should be respected among among the whole all right so it's just in my mind all right we can move on correct all right and i'm sorry you guys i some i i i don't want to be embarrassed on camera because anyway anyway but uh so the next topic is a it's a video. Are we ready for a video? Yay. And this is In My Mind, Parte Un. Ugh, this laptop is just too manly and hard to use. If only there were product designed for my dainty female hands and limited brain power. Introducing the laptop for her. It's tiny and pink. Reminds her to take notes in meetings. Finally, someone understands. Hey, can I try that? It's perfect. Remember to add an exclamation point to that email so Todd knows you're not mad at you. So Todd knows you're not mad at you. And it only costs $300 more than the version for men. Because you know it's clean. And it matches my bow. This laptop will help you run a respected workplace where you can men so that you look professional but not too accomplished as to not intimidate all of your fellow employees and remember to speak up but not too loud. And my way, laptops. All right. So here we go. And three, two, one. All right. So the question, this is an In My Mind segment. And for this In My Mind segment, after Cardi B gets out of the way, and after all of this, because no stuff. And for this In My Mind segment, 
the additional question is the first, the, the main questions for in my mind, what is in your mind after hearing this? What's your reaction and why? And share a life experience you've had that connects to this. And the additional question is, the team at Morning Brew consists of 20-something-year-old millennials and Gen Z, and they seem to be very much on the side of equity for all. But, okay, of equity for all, but... Is it the trans sports debate will become such a thing of the past that it's laughable that we even debated this in the 20s, i.e. the 2020s? And that's the question. And three, two, one. Okay, okay. So for my answer, I'd say that I'd like to think so. I, I, I think it's, I love Gen Z. Gen Z is so amazing. I One of the things that I skipped in my uh, first answer was about a Gen Z Uber driver who was just so open-minded. He was totally heterosexual and he was totally just, open-minded and I loved it. I'm like, yes. And I, I feel Gen Z is really doing the right thing. Now, I did also want to say, I, I remember an old quote that I'm gonna paraphrase because I don't remember the old quote, but I remember out of what the gist of it. And that was, when you're young, you're supposed to be liberal or you have no heart. And when you're older, you're supposed to be conservative or you have no brain. And I, I remember my, a former boyfriend of mine who is going on 50 now, and I mentioned his age just to sort of put this into context, his grandmother years ago was talking about how she remembered in her youth, you know, the youth around her was like, oh yeah, racism is awful. You know, we, we need to stop. I can't believe that people do that. It's bad. Let's fight against it. Let's end it. And those same people grew up to be the people who we're instituting and agreeing with Jim Crow and stuff like that. So it's like, will people grow up and feel that they're youthful being like, yeah, you know, transgender and sports, whatever, we're all people, will be like that or will it change? I don't know. I'd like to think the that people will maintain an open-mindedness. And, and I, I feel that we make progress, things take time, 
And I feel that ultimately we are headed in the right direction with things. It does take time. Hopefully, you know, this will be, this will be the generation that makes that change and other changes. Anyway, that's honestly my whole answer. The last thing I wanted to add to it though, I, and I would have made this a part of the question if I had seen it first, but at on this post itself, it talks about the pink tax and how women, this, this, the pink tax will be a topic for another show. But suffice it to say, the pink tax was mentioned to an extent in the thing because she was like, and it matches my bow. And oh, by the way, it's $300 more because it's pink. Anyway, um, th that's my answer. Um, yeah, problem is just that I had issues and missed the question. Okay, so it was the video uh, with the woman who had the uh, tiny pink laptop and that this is In My Mind Part 1. And it said, what's in your mind after seeing this? And what's your reaction and why? And share a life experience you've had that connects with this. And the additional question is, the team at Morning Brew consists of 20-something-year-old millennials and Gen Z adults, and they seem to be very much on the side of equity for all. Is it possible that the trans sports debate will become such a thing of the past that it's laughable that we even debated that in the 20s, i.e. now? I would say with that situation in particular, um, I would kind of make a loose comparison to same issues that were back in with the 50s and 60s, because based on your race, you can drink out of certain water fountains. Oh, okay. So you're saying to the extent that we've made progress beyond that, you feel the trans thing will make progress beyond that as well? Yes. Okay. And that that's your full answer, uh, Chrissy Marie? Well, the trans issue is definitely uh, debatable. And for people who are not open-minded, definitely it will be a laughable issue for people who just don't, who aren't trans. You can't have an opinion about something you don't know about, period. You can laugh about it all day long. You can have an opinion about it all day long, but you're not trans. So you have no right to speak upon something that you have no knowledge of. You don't identify that way. So mind your business. 
That's just how I feel about that part. But as far as, as being a woman and being um, diminished as a woman, um, uh, you know, we we lack we lack strength, right? Physical strength. We lack we lack in so many different ways that we just gotta have a man, right, to do certain things. And I, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. And, I, and I've done this myself because I was taught to to do these things. Like, oh yeah, um, he's a man, so he should be doing this or that, you know, gender roles are established early on in life. So, you know, um, as far as technology goes, we don't lack the capacity to understand anything that we can read. Maybe, maybe we can. Some people are different. Everybody's different. If I can read it in, in my mind, and this is just me personally, if I can read something, and I, I don't lack intelligence. I lack experience amongst certain scopes of practice, but my understanding is not flawed. So, that being said, it's an insult, that video. I totally understand that video. As a woman, it's an insult to who I am as a woman. You know, oh, I just I just need a man to just figure this out for me. No, I don't. I don't need a man to do that. I don't need dentier hardware because I'm a woman. You know, it's nice to like feminize that stuff. It's great. However, Come on. It doesn't really take a whole lot to figure things out. Whether you're a man or a woman. Whether you have physical, you know, strength or whatever. Prowess, whatever. Whether, you know, you have the know-how or, the, you know, the, the capacity or, you know, the skill set. You don't need a certain type of skill set to understand things. And that video, like, I just was like, I watched that video a few times. I was like, I mean, I get it as a woman. I get it. You know, I've been, I've been, you know, labeled certain a certain type of way because I'm a handy woman. You know, I'm a woman who understands how things work. You know, I have a, um, I have a, 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 a knack for. Uh, oh, jeez, my, my mind just went blank. My, my mind just went blank. But, you know, I fix things. I, I'm, I'm able to, like, do things that men are able to do that, you know, are uh, considered manly and considered masculine. And... Uh, I, I'm a woman who's who has the ability and uh, the, the know-how and the gumption. I'll get up and do it because I know how to do it, and because not just because I have to, but because I know how, 
and I don't need anything to be like downsized to fit my femininity. So it was definitely an insult watching that video. Like I totally understood the the uh, cynicism behind it. Um, we don't need that. We don't need, you know, we're partners <laughs> to our male counterpart. You know, whether you're gay or straight, we understand just as well as a man does. We have the capacity to understand. So that definitely was an insult. And that's my, that's my answer. I just have to say that I agree a hundred percent with everything you just said, Chrissy. Um, like it seems that not all, but certain people aren't willing to look into the fact that as a country, as a people, we are gaining experience and getting older and I don't mean that in a bad way, but yeah, we just getting the experience and we can't act like we did and, and I'm talking about society, like they did in say the 40s or 50s because that was nearly a century ago. And bottom line is that we need each other, period. We need each other. And I, I, I did want to say in relation to the video, now I, I get us explaining that it's awkward what they were talking about, but, but of course they're presenting it as satire because they're saying not that this is how they feel, but this is how society views women. And that's why I, I chose to connect it to the trans thing because she was like, oh, my, my tiny little female hands. And it's like, yeah, that is a chauvinistic thing that people have put on women that they have tiny little female hands. Because even if you listen to the fast part at the end of the video, it was like, and make sure to speak up in meetings, but not speak too loud because you, you don't want to offend the man. And I loved it when they were like, and be sure to, to put an exclamation mark at the end of your letter to Todd to make sure that, that he knows you're not mad at him. And the woman is like, Yes. Oh, okay. That, that disclaimer had me rolling on the floor. I ain't even gonna lie. That disclaimer was so hilarious. Like yeah. I was like, "What the what for what?" Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, then. Well played. That was actually very like you know like I get it. Like the the whole scenario was definitely she deserves a role. A leading role somewhere because she did it. You, you did it, sis. You did that. <laughs> but you know the whole message behind it. Like, come on, are you really gonna play us like that when we are the next to the head? Come on. 
Well, you, you know, it's it's satire, so it's saying yeah, like it's it's, it's supposed to be funny, but well, really, yeah, it, yeah, okay, yeah, it, it, it's saying people shouldn't be that way, but that's how people are, and people shouldn't be that way. And I I, I loved w when she was like Todd <laughs> that, but also when she said, "And it's pink, it's pink." And she, she said it with the deep, strong voice, like, it's pink. It's pink. It's you pink. know? Like, most and ladies lately doesn't don't like black or something. It's $300 more because <laughs> it's pink. And it matches my bow, you know? But, yeah. Anyway, I... I, I you I get it, Kevin. <laughs> I, I I think they did well with that. WTF though, man. <laughs> what? What? Thank you for sharing that. That was great. I'm so glad we got to talk about that today. Nice. Done. All right. And our next topic is... Real love isn't about you. So this, this is how I know immediately where somebody's at. How's it going with so-and-so? So -so? I just love the way they make me feel. I love what they do for me. I love the way they talk to me. Are those things bad? No, but that isn't love. You're getting a need met from this person that you're addicted to. This is like the serial dater does this because the, the real love part kicks in when that emotion wears off. And then it's like, as soon as the emotion wears off, it's like, oh, I'm going to dump this person and go back and find somebody who will meet that emotional cycle again. That's not love. That's, That's being addicted to a biochemical reaction that feels really fucking good. All right. And what? Three, two, one. Okay. So, my perspective on this, on, and this is one of those things that it's like I made it a question because I don't necessarily know the answer. Oh my gosh, I did the countdown before even stating the question. So this is In My Mind part two, and the main two In My Mind questions, what's on your mind after hearing this? What's your reaction? Why? And share a life experience that you've had that connects with this. And the question that, I, the additional question is, what is, quote, real love, end quote? And how do you identify, quote, real love, end quote? Now, now that we have the question out of the way, three, two, one. Okay. So my answer is really simple. I I I I I don't really know. I'd love to find real love. I'd love for it to manifest. I I I don't know exactly how to identify it. I Again, I, I want it. Now, as far as the nice things he's named, I actually do look for those things. You know, I, I, I look for, I do want somebody who makes me feel good and this, that, and the third. I hope that they would feel the same way about me, though. So I, I, I don't know. And maybe that is love. But one thing that, that he mentioned as far as the once that stops being met, you dump them and then you, you cycle on to the next, on to the next, that, that, that. 
I'm like, that's so interesting because I've definitely heard about the honeymoon phase cycling that people do in relationships. And I've definitely done that in the past. I'd like to think that I, hmm, <laughs> physician healed thyself. I'd like to think that I, I, I know better now and I can do better now. But as far as the honeymoon phase, I've definitely done that, you know, oh, you know, when things are wonderful, oh, I'm so in love with you. We're so in love, blah, blah, blah. And then as things go down, I'm like, oh, well, maybe you're not the one for me. So maybe I need to move on to somebody else and we break up and blah, blah, blah. But I, I, I know how better to identify that way of thinking and I, I think I could do, I, I think that I do a better job now and I want more and I'm looking for better upcoming and I'm looking for my lifetime romantic relationship, LTRR. That's, that, that's my answer. Boom. Lifetime romantic relationship. I do want it to manifest one day. He will come. He will find me. I will find him. Next. Chrissy Marie. So as far as um, love not being about you, uh, I don't completely agree with that. Uh, it, it's not about you, but it is. Um, but mostly it's not. Uh, in my mind, love is a sacrificial um, energy. It's about it's about giving more than receiving. It's about understanding. It's about uh, a, co a completion that is more uh, for someone to be, you know, for someone who doesn't see um, some things about themselves and outside of themselves. Um, it's about more more so about giving than getting and um I, I i do i do totally agree with that aspect that it's not about you but um impartial it kind of is because um like one's ability to love uh, to love someone else who doesn't see or doesn't have the ability to love themselves or doesn't know that they have the ability or see the ability that they have, or I don't know how to describe that, but um, it's mostly about sacrifice in, in my mind. Um, but you're sacrificing from a whole balance-centered place, if that makes sense. You know, you see what's going on and you're willing to give because you care so much for the well-being of someone else that you know is a is a genuinely good person. And if they if you help if you're able to help encourage them to see that part of themselves, it's not even like a like like a repair or a fixing type deal. It's just that you just know what you see. 
and a lot of people don't uh, don't tend to have that ability and uh, you know serial dating uh, as far as that's concerned, you know, like you, you gotta, you gotta like recognize that part right away. Some people just don't have the ability to see. If they do, they just don't want to or something. I don't know, but um, uh, I, I, I don't know. You can't really involve your feelings in that, in that. But um, I agree with that. That love isn't. Uh, loving someone isn't about you and personally my experiences have have totally shown me that it's not about me even if I expect to get something back or like I even if I don't expect to get something back whatever I get back is the authenticity authenticity of that experience so um we're, deal we're dealing with people so um, I just agree with that first line. Uh, when you love someone, it's not about you. It's about it's about what you see and about what you know and how you. It's it's it's, it's similar to politics almost. Like what you want and how you go about getting it, but you don't really want anything in return. You just know that somebody is going to have some type of return by being a certain type of way by knowing that they're a certain type of way, but they don't recognize who they are for real. If that Does that make sense? Some people don't know who they are. And if you can see who they are and, and you love them without expectation or any conditions or anything like that, All right, that's my that's the alarm. So, it's a that's a that's a vast question. So, I'm gonna just leave it at that. Okay, Kevin. Yeah, I will say, in general, um, they're correct. Love is not always about whoever said person is, but. On the other hand, it is kind of about the person because love is truly or should be a two-way street. All right. And any follow-up, anybody? I.e., Chrissy, did you? Sure, I agree, Kevin. It is a reciprocal thing, but some people don't realize what love is for real. A lot of people are selfish and not selfless. So it doesn't matter if you're a selfless person and uh, you know most selfless people understand what love is, but most selfish people really do not. They're all about what they want and their benefit and making sure they're okay. And they, they're really not. And they don't even realize that they're not okay. Now, superficial 
things might allude to that facade. But it's really not a reality for them. They're really not okay. And they live in fear. They walk in fear. That's why they're selfish. And just my opinion from observation. I'll be 40 this year. I haven't been here that long. So, you know, just from what I, what I see so far, what I've seen so far. You know, people people who are selfless understand uh, the reciprocity of that, which you just said. But people who are selfish won't. They don't care. They don't care. They just care about what they want. All right. And... Yeah. Okay. And our next. Okay, I know these TikTok prankers are annoying, and it's fun to watch someone go WWE on their ass, but this video is faker than my dad's love for me. I mean, look, the way the guy gently set him down on the floor like he didn't want to hurt him, and their audio is just a little too clear, like they're mic'd up. I mean, it's funny, but it's fake. Everything influencers do is fake, except for me. Everything I do is real. All right. So, the question for this one is again is this this is in my mind part three i held up two but it's three and the first question for in my mind is what's in your mind after hearing this what's your reaction and why and share a life experience you've had that connects with this and my additional question people doing extreme things for likes is kind of in the same vein of news focusing on the negative to increase viewership. What are some possible alternatives to building an audience? Three, two, one. Okay. So. So, I, oh, uh, okay. Um, well, actually, you, oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, I didn't realize you were saying something. But, yeah, I, I don't have to go first all the time. Go ahead, Prissy Marie. I was going to say that fella uh, gave me, like, straight Christopher Walken vibes with the hair. And, uh... Like straight up and the whole look like straight Christopher Walken. Um uh it, it, as far as like these doggone TikToks and stuff with the with the prank the prank TikToks for uh, for the likes, they're I don't really consider them extreme. I just think that some people like pranks and like like you know, like playing jokes and like laughing. So they do things like that because they know that it's possibly funny, but it's also risky. So it can be labeled as extreme for that reason. 
Um, some things can be extreme. Like what? Where was he at? Like in a hardware store or something? Like in a Home Depot? Or... <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, and then his description of the whole thing was like, oh, yeah, he just laid him down gently. It was like, it sounds like it was like something that was like totally like maybe, uh, uh, you know, Something that was probably pre-planned or whatnot. Um, maybe, you know, it kind of did look like, look that way according to that video. But, you know, possible alternatives would be to, like, approach people and be like, Hey, listen, would you be willing to participate in a prank video for my TikTok? And then if you are, can you sign this disclaimer saying that you are so willing? <laughs> Seriously, because, and then like, like put some steak on it. Like pretend like you slammed me. <laughs> you know, like that's kind of like the whole thing that I got from that whole visual. So, you know, possible alternatives. Um, people doing extreme things, extreme things for likes. Me, in my mind, as a woman, people doing extreme things for like is like all that twerk stuff <laughs> and half naked stuff. Like that's extreme to me. Like you don't have to take your clothes off for people to like you. <laughs> you don't have to do like if that's your, you know. There's this this one. Um, uh, person who is uh, he does pole dancing and stuff and he bad okay he do it he do it you know with the lots and stuff I follow him on Instagram I can't I can't recall his name I should have written that down but he does what he does and he does it well and you know he does it probably better than a lot of women I see um and I don't believe that's extreme, but he, you know, he does his doggone thing. I, it, it just, it just depends on what one deems as extreme because some people are into like the drama, but as far as the possible alternatives, that'd be a possible alternative. If you out in the public and you just pulling pranks and stuff, like approach them beforehand and say, Hey, listen, I'm, I, I would you be willing to participate in this? It's my problem in the house and it's getting better though it's getting better anyway so my answer to this question is as far as people doing things to get likes and it being like the news I, I, I sometimes wonder and how the news concentrates on the negative stuff and not the positive stuff. I wonder if it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy 
because at, at this point we're just so used to hearing that oh well people don't watch good news and people aren't interested in clicking like on happy TikTok videos they only like drama so it's like I wonder if it's that and I connected to uh, hip hop music's major change in 1991 and Crazy Bone of Bone Thugs and Harmony, Team Gemini, read the letter on that was written actually as uh, written to an Suffice it to say, look it up. Crazy Bone read the letter. It, it's it's true tea. I, I've heard it uh, years ago, actually, even before Crazy Bone did it, but he did it recently, talking about how they suddenly shifted hip-hop music in 91 to basically uh, get more people to uh, go to jail because they were trying to get more money for private prisons or get more money from private prisons. So they were like, we'll put people in jail by glorifying this other life, you know, instead of glorifying the positive things because hip hop used to be more positive. I mean, like Arrested Development, Mr. Wendell, stuff like that, but it suddenly shifted. And as a 1983 baby, I remember that shift. And it was just like, what? And then people would be on TV talking about, well, we do music like this because this represents our real life. And, and then it became, well, we, we promote music like this because that's what people want to hear. Going back to that uh, uh, Ray William Johnson video. Yeah, you know, I, I, I wonder if sometimes some of it is just that we're kind of conditioned to be like, this is the kind of stuff that we like to see. We like to see wild things happen. Now, as far as what I thought about the video though, I had to bring up, I believe, and maybe I'm wrong, but I believe, and just let me believe it, that the two guys were like an older gay couple. And I'm like, that is so cute. I love it. Anyway, that'll be, uh, anyway. Uh, that's pretty much my whole answer. Hashtag Verse TV. Chrissy Marie from Cleveland, Ohio. I'm Aaron Mack. Kevin from Philadelphia. Hashtag Verse TV. Hashtag Verse TV. Hashtag Verse TV. Week 150.